Hi friends and welcome back to another episode of Open House, a fresh, fun and real podcast where I, Louise Rumble, invite you inside the therapy room with me to learn from some of the very best psychologists, therapists and sex and intimacy coaches that I have found. No topic is off the table, no question too juicy and no experience too shameful. At Open House, everyone is welcome. And we're on a mission to develop a new mental health experience for all because we believe that true happiness is coming home to yourself under the layers and layers of you that society has told you to be. As ever, please remember that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and you should always seek professional medical help when necessary. Now, let's get into it and I'll see you on the other side. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Open House Podcast. Today, I am so excited to have Joe Feminella here with me. We're going to be discussing all things dating apps. Not only why you might not have found your person yet on the apps, but also how you can. Tips and tricks and steps and strategies that you can take for us to help you a little bit more. We're also going to be discussing Joe's new revolutionary dating app called Frome and all the things that he learned through using the apps and seeing people around him using them to how he found his person. He found his gal. He found his soulmate. (laughs) That's what you guys listening want to do, right? So today we're going to take you step by step through how to use an app to your advantage. We're also going to use him as an insight into the male psyche, the guy's psyche. You know, we always have so many questions. We're like, but what is he thinking? Like, why do you think he did this, et cetera, et cetera. So we're going to get into all of those things and basically chat how to find your person on a dating app. How are you today? Well, thank you for the lovely intro. Oh, And you said the name perfectly. Oh my goodness, guys. I always like panic that I get people's names wrong and I have like a mental abolition at the beginning when someone tells me how to pronounce their name. And I just like, it's become my thing. I like panic that I said the name wrong. So I'm so happy that (laughs) I said it. And my name is not easy to pronounce, though. (laughs) Feminella, where's that from? Debatable. So my heritage is Italian. Okay. I was going to say it's giving Italian. Yeah. But then as my family members do the 23 and me. Oh, yeah. There's a healthy debate of like, are we Argentinian, Italian? Because the surname is from Argentina now. But my parents are very adamant that we're Italian. So we'll leave it at that. That's so cool. Argentinian and Italian is like a great combo, isn't it? Yeah. Amazing. (laughs) Okay. So today what we're going to do is we're going to dig into... Some of the things that I see, either things that I experienced when I was using apps or things that I see people saying are the pain points. And I want to ask you as a guy what your thoughts are on them, okay? Yes. So let's great. let's jump in with, first of all, one of the biggest challenges I think is that people kind of just scroll and swipe mindlessly. You're just like kind of doing it in the background. You're doing it on the bus. Not that you guys in LA ride the bus, but like you're doing it in the Uber or you're not doing it at all. Like it becomes this like very very mindless thing. What I think people need to be doing, and I know this is a big part of your app as well, is like using it more intentionally, knowing what your end goal is and knowing how you want to get there. So what are your thoughts on this mindless scrolling versus like swiping with intention? Yeah, there's so many studies. When you go past that 15 minute mark, your brain shifts, whether you're purposely doing that or you're just letting it go naturally. Those first 15 minutes, you're so intentional being like, okay, I'm feeling lonely or I want to have some fun. I'm on here to connect with somebody. Once that 15 minute mark goes on, you're then on there just to kind of waste time. And then it kind of becomes social media. Mm. So 
in social media, you look on your phone at the end of the day, and it's like, you spent an hour on social media. And you're like, shit, I thought, can I curse on you? Yeah, you can curse. Um, you can curse all the fucking time. <laughs> uh, you're like, shit, I didn't realize that I was on social media, say, for an hour. I thought I was just doing it in passing. Same thing with dating apps. You could be on there for an hour, two hours, and you have all these connections that you didn't even know that you swiped on mm. because you're just aimlessly doing it. I think the intentional part of swiping is like the key thing. And I think it just comes with us adapting to dating apps. They came on so hot and heavy and we just don't know how to use them properly. Do you think using that word intention, do you think it's important to know what you want before you go on an app? For women, mm -hmm. I think we're seeing a lot of people starting to realize like, okay, I want a relationship and it's cool to say I want a relationship. And it's cool to say I want to find my person in a way that maybe we used to hold shame around it. I'm interested as a guy, if you think that guys have intentionality, like, was there a point for you where you were like, I really, I'm ready for a relationship right now? Was like that a journey that you went on yourself? I think that's a great question. When I got to be 30 years old, I thought, okay, being single and hooking up and having fun was kind of more draining than fulfilling. Mm. And it was great. Like in my 20s, I didn't want to settle down. I was very intentional about that. But then in my 30s, I was just being more intentional. And I don't think that meant looking for a partner. I think it meant I was open to it. But even when I met Hannah, I didn't go into that date being like, oh, I hope this is my girlfriend mm. or I hope that we connect. It was just more being like, okay, I'm going to embrace this encounter. And if it goes great, that's amazing. And if it doesn't, it's okay because I'm not really putting pressure on myself. So I, I can't speak for all men, but like, that's what how I approached it. I like what you said about how you entered into the date with like an open mind, like this, I don't know what's going to happen, but it might be great and it might not be great right. because people feel like, oh, dating such a waste of time because the date went badly. We might as well have not even spoken or whatever. And what I really want people to understand is like, you can use dating to your advantage, right? Every single date you go on, you can learn something new about yourself. You can learn something about another person that you do want in your person or you don't want in your person. Or even at your most basic, you might really want to try out that new Sri Lankan restaurant and none of your friends can go with you. So all of a sudden you're like, you could use the date to your advantage because you also get to go to a restaurant that you wanted to try or a bar or a coffee shop or whatever it is. So what are your thoughts about keeping a positive mentality even when dates aren't good? Did you ever find that you were like, oh, that helped me learn what I don't want? For sure. Going on the dates before I met her actually helped me. I didn't even realize because these women were teaching me things about what I didn't want, but also they were teaching me how to grow. Mm -hmm. And I think if I didn't have those encounters before I met her, I probably wouldn't have been as evolved. And she's helped me evolve way more from the time of meeting her until now. But I did have those quote unquote bad dates where me and that person didn't connect. But I remember one example was I went on the date with this woman and she was great, very nice, but wasn't my person. And normally immature Joe in the past would have probably been like, okay, how do I soft ghost? How do yeah. I just get out of this? And she put me on the spot and said, listen, you're 30 years old. If you don't like me, just tell me. And I was like, okay, like wow. I need to readjust how I do this now. And the same thing happened like each day after that, where it's like, okay, let's learn from what I don't want. Because a lot of people, they look at what they don't like in the other person on the date, but they don't look at what they did wrong on the date. Mm. So every date that I went on, I was like, okay, what I didn't like about this person, which I want in my partner, let me make a note of that. But also, what did I do wrong? And like, what's the feedback that they gave me that I could be a better person so that the person I'm trying to attract is attracted to me? So it's like a double-edged, 
approach. Yeah. And it's like a growth edge, isn't it? We love talking about micro moments. Every micro moment is an opportunity to take you closer to your person through realizing what is not your person. Exactly like what you said. I want to jump on the ghosting point. Okay. We talk about ghosting all the time at Open House, how if you're an emotionally healthy individual, you will say, thank you so much for your time. This isn't something I'm wishing to pursue or it didn't feel quite right for me or I wish you all the best. But we also acknowledge that it's fucking hard to say that, right? It's scary. You're scared. I think particularly women are like scared of the male ego. I think there's a lot of men that can turn around and be like quite mean if you reject them. Would you prefer a girl to message you and say, hey, I really appreciate that. I don't think we're a good fit, but I wish you all the best. Or would you prefer them to ghost you? Like, what are your thoughts on that? I think this is such a controversial, in a good way, topic (laughs) because I disagree with everybody on this. So I think think it's a complex question. I think, and I've gotten pushback from her and (laughs) guests that we've had on our podcast is, okay, you go on a date. If I reach out to you and I say like, hey, what's up? Like, I'd love to see you again you could kind of like soft ghost and be like, oh, maybe. That to me is a soft ghost, which I think is okay. If said person responds again and says, hey, like I know we were planning on meeting again. When are you free? Then I think there's courtesy of being like, listen, you're a great person, but just not my person. Yeah. But I think there is room for the soft ghost because I do think that it's is natural. Con- I do think that is controversial, but I'm, I'm always open-minded to the fact that ultimately when you meet someone, they're a stranger, right? right? And I do say that in the dating phase, people expect the most from the people they know the least. And that's crazy, isn't it? very, very, like that is such a poignant point. Exactly. Let's say that again. People expect the most from the people they know the least. So they're expecting like to be treated well and respected by a stranger. Why, why, Why is there any obligation from that person that you don't know to treat you well? Yeah. And I think what you said earlier when you first brought up the topic was like, you don't know that person's response, especially a guy. Like if a woman is being so kind to say like, hey, you're not my person, you don't know that guy. What if he's a complete dick and is like, well, fuck you and like gets aggressive. You don't want that. I think also it's just everything's like individual. Every single date is different. Every single person's different. And I think part of what people need to do more of in the dating stage is be more perceptive, right? Mm -hmm. I think that tons of people overlook red flags before you even meet them and then overlook red flags on the date and then overlook red flags after the date. What do you mean by overlook red flags? Like things would happen, like for example, maybe you are going to go on a date and the guy doesn't speak to you for three days before. So you have to message him being like, hi, is this still happening? Or maybe he'll make comments like, oh, you like to wear a bikini, huh? I feel like in the initial dating stage, it needs to be like a data gathering exercise. You need to be learning about the other person. But I think it's also really important to like stay emotionally intuitive and be like, what is the other person doing and and how does it make me feel? Because that's how I think you can identify like, oh, this person might not be good with rejection or, oh, this person has already made some defensive remarks or some pushback remarks or whatever. I just think it's really important that as you start to get to know someone, you just take note of like, are you overlooking things in order to find your person? And I think that you said you went on these dates and you were like, this isn't my person. I think a lot of people like get into relationships because they really want to find their person. And I think it's so important to really wait and find your person like who is the actual person for you. Are you grateful now? Well, I mean, it's an obvious question, but like, (laughs) I bet you're so grateful now, right? That you didn't just like settle with any one of those girls before you met your amazing wife. Yeah. Well, it goes back to what I said earlier that I wasn't looking for Mm. a partner. I wasn't looking for a wife. Mm. And I think that's, again, it's easier said than done. But if you approach dating that way, the odds of the person you eventually meet being 
the actual person you connect with are way higher because when I met her, it was it was the opposite where I was like, she's so great for me and we're probably going to get married that I was scared. And I was like, oh. shoot, I, I kind of want to, I, I kind of enjoy being single. Interesting. And I liked that because it was like, okay, I met somebody who's so great that is making me reevaluate everything on the spot where it wasn't like, okay, is she good enough to be with? Am I good enough for her to be with and feel it out? It was like, oh no, she's great. Am I ready for this? Was there any part of you that wanted to like run in the other direction, even though that you knew this woman in front of you was ticking yeah, all the I boxes? Did. Oh, you did? Yeah. I didn't know that part of the story. Yeah. So, okay, please tell me more because I really think this is something that people listening have either gone through or like are interested in. So this is why I hate the phrase, if he does X, he's just not that into you. Yeah. Because I ran away. <gasps> and normal, normal terminology is, okay, if a guy runs away and doesn't pay you attention, He's not into you. Yeah. I ran away because I was so into her that I was so scared. And I was like, do I really want to give up being single right now? Wow. I want to ask if you are familiar with attachment styles. Have you ever heard yeah. that you can be anxiously attached or avoidantly attached? Yes. So I think that a lot of what people struggle with is maybe they fall in love with like an avoidant man. And like you said, they're not ready. So they run in the other direction and it can leave the other person really hurting. I want to ask you, I wish Hannah was on here with us. I want to ask you, like, how do you think Hannah felt when you ran in the other direction? Was she like, fuck him, like, he's wasted my time? Or was she, like, patient and open to, like, you coming no. back and being understanding of why you did what you did? No. So she was, I'll, I'll say she was strong yeah. and confident. Mm. And it made me more attracted to her because, uh. okay, so we're talking about ghosting. So because I learned X, Y, and Z from said dates before Hannah, I was like, let me be a stand-up guy and kind of say, like, this isn't working out. When I did that, she said, okay, sit down. Let's talk about this. And I was like, what? Like, you're not just going to, like, curse me out and then I could go away and then we never have to deal with each other again? She was like, no, tell me, how do you feel? And I was like, how do I feel? No woman would have <gasps> ever asked me that. And she put me so on the spot that I was like, fuck, this is a powerful woman. Wow. And we got through it because she wasn't avoidant or she wasn't obsessed with me. She was like, listen, if you want to be with me, we're going to get through this. If you don't, I don't need you. Just let me know. And like, we'll go our ways. And I was just like, all right, let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah, that is epic. Because not only was she not clinging to you and trying to get you to change your mind, but she also wasn't just waiting for you to change your mind. I think one of the biggest things we see is women listening to this podcast feeling like if they just wait... If they just look prettier, act cuter, be sweeter, then at some point the guy will change their mind. And a huge part of what we do is changing that narrative that like, you must never do that. And I love that the moment for you is that she she sat you down and she said, okay, yeah. how are you feeling? What's coming up for you? If you want to go through this, I will go through this yeah. with you. If you don't, all the best. Powerful. Yeah. And I actually think the opposite, like, or I can't speak for all men, but for me, the opposite is more attractive. So like you said, if a, if a girl or a woman wants to be like, okay, let me look prettier. Let me wait for him to come to me. That's an approach for me. I would think that's a turnoff because like you're yep. putting me in control, which interesting. why I don't really like that. She reached out to me on the dating app. So like she was forward. She was like, this is what I want. And she wasn't scared of that. She was like, listen, I like you. This is what I want. We're going to talk. We're going to go out. And I was like, all right, it's great. I I was more attracted to the confidence. And I think I, love this. I don't I don't know why again, obviously this is years and years of evolution, but like why women can't feel empowered to be confident and men not 
openly accept that and be like, that's a turn on. Cause like, that's how I felt with her. I want to talk about this because I'm exactly the same. I think your wife and I are probably very similar. And it's the I, accents. <laughs> <laughs> I have like a problem with the teachings today of the masculine and the feminine energies, right? And there's all these coaches out there saying, women, you'll find your soulmate by being in your feminine. Like you must never chase a man. You must never do this. They want to chase all of these things. That's not me. I'm a strong woman that knows what I want. And as soon as I met my partner, it was like, yeah, I want I want you and I want this and I want to build this with you. And he said exactly the same as you. He was like, that was so attractive for me. Yeah. Other than like, otherwise kind of me just sitting, sitting there and being like, yeah, let's just like see what happens. So I really like it to hear from a guy that you liked that. And I'm a big fan as well of like, of taking the lead much like your now wife did. So I think that this is just like a good reminder for any women listening, whether you date men or whether you date women, that this whole sitting down and being soft and quiet, that is not the solution. You have to know what you want and you have to go and get it, right? Yeah. And why can't you make a man feel special? Because like when Hannah came to me, I was like, oh my God, you're this beautiful model, but you want to be with me? That makes me feel so special because that's what women want. A guy's thinking like, okay, there's 10 guys like talking to her. I'm just going to give up because she's just being quiet, she's over there, she's not really into me. And it makes you think like, okay, like screw this. But when such confident women approach you, it's like, oh, I'm special, like this yeah. is real. And I think that we need to program that into people, not just women or men. If you want something, go get it. And if you don't get it, you're in the same exact position that you were in. You had nothing to lose because you just met that person. Exactly. And I do think there's a nuance where I do think you can do too much work and too much chasing and stuff like that. So I think for everyone listening, what we're talking about is this healthy mid-ground where it's like you go into using the app knowing what you want. Yeah. Whether that's sex, whether that's a relationship and the type of person that you want and you communicate that. So we're not saying chase the guy that is never, ever texting you back, chase the girl that is not texting you back. I think it's just about knowing what you want, embodying that and being proud of it. Like being proud that you're ready for a relationship or you're looking for your person. Like there's a lot of shame around that. Like saying, yeah, I'm on this app because like I'm ready for something real. And I'm like, that's the fucking coolest thing you could ever say. I'm ready for something real. Yeah. What is shameful about that? We, when we started the app, one of the, obviously we had to, keep improving it from user feedback. And the one thing we kept getting was we want you to have what you're interested in. Mm. We didn't have that feature. And as you see, a lot of people like looking for a relationship, looking for a relationship, looking for marriage, which is great because the people that are going to like you and yep. starting the conversation, it's like, oh, you're looking for marriage. I'm looking for marriage. Let's start off on that front. And I think what you said earlier is great too, where if two people are both on an app or both communicating that they just want sex, that is so fine. Yeah, that's so great. Fine. There's no shame to that. Agreed. Like, hey, I'm on Hinge or I'm on Fresh Rounds on Me. I'm just looking to have fun tonight. Me too. Great. There's an understanding there. There's no issue. That's how we're going to pursue our night. Perfectly. I couldn't agree more. Like, we are so sex positive here. And it's like, if anyone wants to have sex, that's amazing. That's beautiful. Just communicate about right. it. Just say, this is what I want. What do you want? And I feel like in that space of silence that people don't ask on dating apps, that's why you end up wasting your time. That's why you end up getting in situationships because one person wants to find their person and the other person just wants to have sex until you have that conversation. You're yeah. never going to know. And I think talking about conversations, this is something that I'm really interested to talk about today. So I feel like one of the biggest challenges with dating apps today is you just get lost in this abyss of conversation that just dies off. Or on the flip side, you end up building this false sense of intimacy with, again, a stranger. So I wanted to ask you to talk me through like what the driver was behind having this like 
intentionality to meet rather than just keep messaging. Yeah. So the two things, and I know you guys did great homework, but the two <laughs> things that you said are things that I preach every day and the intentionality part, like getting lost in the abyss. When I was going on these dates, again, I'm no special guy, but I would have a lot of connections, right? And I didn't know who I was talking to. I didn't know who I actually wanted to meet. And it was just so random mm. that I was like, okay, I need to make this where everybody knows you're on there to meet in person. I would love it if you could actually explain to people like how that function works yes. in the app, just so people really understand like yes. why it's such like a center point. So yeah, I, guess, I guess getting lost into the abyss, there's like so many different ways it goes where it's like, okay, say you get two people who are actually talking and one person's like, okay, we've been talking for a week, let's go on a date. And the other person's like, well, actually, they won't say this, but they're like, oh, we actually don't want to go on a date with Interesting. you. And it gets into that, you're both not on the same page and you become pen pals or... It just goes all over the place. So with our app, instead of liking somebody and then you just start chatting, the first point of contact is an actual date request. So don't envision that the wrong way where it's like, oh, you just get a date request from this random person. You see someone's profile, same exact setup as all the other apps, but you then curate a date and you pick a drink, a time and a place, all built in the app. It's all curated. And then you'll send that invitation over to somebody else and it'll say like, Joe wants to buy you a beer Friday night at Soho House. And you could accept, reject, or suggest a new date. If you accept the date, you guys are locked in. That's your only date for the day because you should only physically go out with one person per day. You should only talk to one person per day. And then you have your date in the calendar and you should go as quickly as possible to meet that person and see what happens. Yeah, I love that. I think that there's just so much risk of, and I've done this before as well, and I always tell this story that like, I matched with this guy on Raya like years ago when I was single. And he was in New York and I was in London and I was working a lot in New York at the time. So I was like, perfect. Like I'll meet him when I go there. So it was like two months until I was there next. And we were talking and talking and FaceTiming and I arrived and there was this like huge bunch of flowers. It must've literally cost like $500. I was like, fuck me. I was like, I found my soulmate. This is the perfect romantic yeah. story ever. And then we finally met in person and I was like, oh dear, there is no vibe here. It was just like, I just thought he was just like a bit annoying in person, which maybe I hadn't picked up on on the phone calls. And it's also just that energy piece, right? You either like feel that energy with someone or you don't. And I think that you can waste weeks of your life talking or not talking and not meeting. So I love how you you like yeah. help people meet. And that's what you said. It was you envision somebody not being who they truly are. And that's the other thing. You could talk to somebody for two weeks. It happened to you. And you could be like, they're so funny. They're so witty. And for all you know, they're using chat GBT to tell you oh jokes gosh, every day. Oh my gosh, imagine. Um, <laughs> That'd be the worst jokes ever. <laughs> but it's true because like going back to the energy, so many people say this. You could hear it from a hundred years ago until yesterday where it's like, okay, I'm married to so-and-so, but they're normally not my type. But when we met, we had this energy. And that that's so true. It's very important. You're going to connect with somebody through their energy, their morals, their values, the way that you guys communicate, their body mannerisms. And that has to happen in person. It's not going to happen through the phone. So the faster that happens, the more likely it is that you guys will connect. I agree totally. And I think my ex-boyfriend, everyone who knew me or us, was very surprised that we fell in love. We weren't, I would never have matched with him on a dating app, let's put it that way. Like just wasn't anything I was looking for and didn't tick the boxes of what I wanted, but it was so magical and so beautiful and so powerful. And it was like a huge part of my life, but I would never have like experienced that on a dating app because I would have just been like, no. Right. So actually the way that you're getting people to actually meet 
where you can instantly meet them and feel like, oh, there's like a little, I feel it, those little butterflies. We always say you want to go for the baby butterflies. I think it's really important and it also will just stop wasting everyone's time. And talking about time wasting, I want to talk about conversations on the app, mm-hmm. right? Now, I think one thing I like about the vision that you're building is it's about meeting. So there's not a lot of like huge amount of small talk. One of the things that I think most people struggle with is people saying on the apps things like, hey, how are you? How was your day? What are you up to? How was your weekend? <laughs> what are you doing this weekend? And you're literally there like tearing your eyes out being like, like, fuck me. Like, yeah, my day was fucking shit. My weekend was good. So a big part of what I say is like, when you open the conversation, I always say to people, you should ask, what was the high point and the low point of your day? So you can instantly start to see if the guy can like, or the woman can tap into their emotions, their experiences, their feelings. The hey, what's up is tough to get around because especially like I'm speaking for men, we're kind of like boring. We're not creative. It's like, all right, how much can I say to this girl on text? I don't know. Like, hey, what's up? Like, how's your day? Oh, it's great. I don't really have much more to that. I want you to know the real me. Ask Which is me, in person. Yeah, like ask me those cooler rose and thorn questions in person and I can give you like some oomph behind it. I think it's cool that you just mentioned on like pressure, like that guys feel pressure to say the right thing or to get the right answer. Because I think most people listening to this would never have thought about that, ever have thought about that a guy or a girl could be sitting there thinking like, I need to get this question right. So I think that that is really interesting. And it probably also ties into the part around like your dating profile too. It's like people probably feel pressure to get it right. And a lot of people get it really wrong. I wanted to ask your thoughts about what was Hannah's profile like? Was there like a combination of model shots and like sweet shots? She had a picture where she was making like a funny face. And I was like, okay, the fact that she had a modeling picture that was so beautiful, but also like she could joke about herself and not take herself so serious was also nice. And I, I'm a big advocate of reading through the bios and the prompts to like, just to show if you're witty or not. And she was. So I mean, that obviously helped for us. But for men, we have a friend who was like, listen, he just got on the apps and he's like, I don't have any pictures of myself. So he hired Hannah to like take modeling pictures, which seems good in theory. But if you're not a model. Yeah. And like, was it really, did it not work? Yeah. And you're creating like this really curated side of you when you meet somebody and they're like, oh, like, why did you have all those modeling pictures? It's like, oh, for... The dating app. It's like, yeah. okay, well, what's the real you? Yeah. What do you what do you really look like in your pictures? Yeah. And I think women, we started asking them, look at your own profile and how do you feel about it? And when they did that on the spot, they were like, shit, I seem so serious and boring. And it looks like I'm like grilling guys to try and marry me instead of just being like my fun, happy self. I love what you said about how she had like a funny picture being silly or showing her personality because I remember once that I showed my dating app to someone and they were like, your dog's not on it. I was like working in the fitness industry at the time. They were like, there's nothing to do with that. There's nothing really to do with like you. Yeah. And then it's exactly like what you said. I was like, oh yeah, I was kind of missing the essence of me. So I do love that idea. Like, give your dating profile to a friend and like get their thoughts on it. And what I also would say here is that if you are fucking cringing (laughs) at the thought of giving your dating profile to a friend, I think that actually says something that maybe there's pictures that don't, you know, they're very good pictures that maybe aren't the reality or it's very posy or whatever. What are your thoughts on that? Like getting a friend to look at your profile? Yeah, I think it's great. And I think you bring up a very valid point in the sense of I'm sure a lot of guys don't want anybody to see their dating profile because it probably makes them look yeah. 
the broiest pro- yeah. possible. I'm sure Hannah could attest this, and I'm like a sweet, genuine guy, but I don't know why. I was just like, this version of me is going to attract women. So yeah, I feel like you should get a friend to dig through your profile because they'll probably put you on the spot. They care about you. And I think that's really important. But to your point about like having the dog up, it's an interesting point because I feel like there's like things that you could do to have the best profile. I think like your first photo should obviously be just you. So it like doesn't cause any confusion. Like this is Louise, like that's it. In that photo, you should kind of be smirking or smiling or showing some type of emotion. Emotion, Yeah, not being too serious. Then you should have a family photo. In the family photo, I prefer like kids. Interesting. I don't know why. But then you might think that they're your kids. Yeah, but I loved when there was like kids in a profile and the girl would say like, just FYI, these are not my kids. They're my nieces and nephews. I... I don't know why, maybe because I want kids. I was Are you like, a family oh. guy? Yeah, like okay. I want I so want a family So it's a big value of, of yours. Yes, so I really like that. I thought it was funny how it's like, these are not my kids. Then I think a dog, an animal, super important. And then like a group shot with friends. I think if you cover those things and get like your best photo in each one, your profile is great. Like mm. it's a great starting point. Yeah, and it gives people things to latch onto to talk about as well. Exactly. Easy to ask questions rather than it being five selfies of you or five bikini shots of you. Yeah. There's not a lot of meat to like grab onto and make conversational points around. Yeah. Um, also, if like say two people want to dig into that sexier conversation, but you don't know how to approach it. If you see a girl in a bikini photo, you could kind of throw in a compliment about the volleyball and see how she takes it, and then. That's where your conversation is going to go. Instead of just being like, oh, baby, your ass looks good in that bikini. It's like, oh, fuck off, man. Yeah, literally like, block <laughs> at that point. Yeah, I think that's really interesting as well because I think that there's a lot of people that feel like guys or girls on the apps do just want to sexualize things too soon. Again, it comes back to intention. What do you actually want? So I think that if that is you, like now, if I was to ever go on a dating app ever again, I don't think I would ever put a bikini picture up there, but my whole life I always would have. My body was a big part of me and my my identity. But now, if I was to ever be single again, I would want to just like dive into like a really beautiful, deep relationship that wasn't a friends with benefits, wasn't a situationship. Mm-hmm. So I think it's also really good to people listening to this. If you don't want to open up the opportunity for that flirty, sexy banter... That's okay. Some people really do just want to find the person that's there for the commitment. Then it can help you like tailor your your pictures to that. Something I want to ask you is about Googling them or like (laughs) deep diving on someone before you meet them. You can always find a reason not to meet a person if you start Googling them. Whether you find a picture that they don't look so good, whether you find a picture that they're drunk and you're like, ooh, or whether you find a photo and their friend's hotter. So many ways I'm going to go with this. (laughs) (laughs) What are your thoughts on any of that? Yeah. So it's rejection mindset. That's what we call it in the dating world. And it's people are quicker to find a reason to not like somebody than you are to like somebody. Wow. How do you balance feeling safe, which is very important, versus knowing you might see something that is is so irrelevant yeah. to the grand scheme of life that might turn you off to this person? And I think, and it's easier as a guy to say this, you shouldn't Google anybody. I love what you said around like 
safety being important because I think that if you're Googling someone, that should be the only reason that you're doing it. Like the pre-date Google just to make sure that they're not a criminal or they're not in, you know, there's awful articles because you do hear horror stories about people like not Googling and then ending up in bad situations. But I think it's exactly that. Like if you're going to Google, it just needs to be like a quick check, not a deep dive into their Facebook page from 2015 and their mum's Facebook page. You are going to find things that give you the ick and you need to not you just need to meet the person yeah like you just have to get to that date and i think we can all find something if we do too but much can we diving. control that i don't think people can control that how can you control googling somebody and just be like okay i'm gonna stop right here yeah true. And if they're a sex offender or not okay they're not a sex offender <laughs> the bar That's is so it. low there's they're no, not a sex offender there's no criminal record <laughs> i'm done i'm gonna true, go off google i don't think you, they could do that Oh, so you, but wait, so you're telling me that you didn't look at Hannah's Instagram before you met her? No, I did, for sure. Oh, so yeah. Okay, so is that the same as Googling? Yeah, that's a good point. Because another thing that we do on the app is attach the Instagram to kind of show, again, this is a real person. And I I think think, that's important. Yeah, I think I, I have no problem with looking at someone's Instagram. Exactly. And you get to like, yeah, assess. Yeah. I think it's just about not making a rash judgment like, oh, I don't like those pink shorts that he wore. Like, I'm not going to meet with him. I think that's like a sign when it can be that you're just using things to like keep blocking intimacy. Yeah. So I think it's like looking is fine, but not finding any, like just not using the smallest thing that's going to be like an egg. Yeah. So, and again, I think this rejection mindset, if there were five things a guy did great or a girl did great and the five things that they didn't do so well why do we go to the five things they didn't do so well instead of the things they did do well and that's why for a first date to me there should be like three things did you have a good time with this person did they treat you nice and were you attracted to them that's it like if those three things happened you're good for a second date on that second date open up the conversation a little bit more like what do you want out of life you know get a little deeper yeah but we don't do that anymore yeah that's we try and find that one thing of like how many kids do you want Three, I want two. Shit, we're not going to work. It's like, what? (laughs) That's so true. And it comes back to what I was saying about the tick box exercise. Like if you go into something saying, I want them to be six foot two and above with a salary of X and brown hair, brown eyes. Like, I mean, that probably used to be me. And actually like, I am so madly in love with my boyfriend. And again, I would never have found him on a dating app because he's shorter than what I would think on paper I would want to go for. Such a perfect example. The perfect and, example. But LA is like not an advocate for that either. Because Interesting. everyone in LA is like, every guy is like, I'm going to marry a supermodel. And every woman's like, I'm going to marry a billionaire. And you're like, I fucking did. <laughs> <laughs> I got lucky. I'm sure she could have married a billionaire, but she wanted a real connection. Yeah. And that's what she got. And I'm sure she's the happiest girl in all of Los Angeles. I think so. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's the thing is like, I... Probably if there was like a height thing on Hinge when I was younger, I would have put like 6'2 or whatever. Yeah. But like my boyfriend is not 6'2, but he is the most incredible man I've ever met. And like I feel so loved and so safe and I just like am so happy. And that's the key. Like what you just said is like literally the key. And again, it sets the bar so low and we just as humans can't understand this. If you are happy, why does anything else matter? Like that's it. This person, again is making you happy. You could work on anything else. You can get more money. You could do things to improve yourselves. But if you're happy, then that's great. I had a friend here in LA, not going to name any names. (laughs) She was very adamant, very adamant. I want a guy who is a billionaire. 
Not oh, a millionaire. For God's sake. And I said, I said, okay, let's Google how many billionaires there are, how many of them are single, and how many of them are in your age demographic. There was like three. Also, I think the more and more self-work you do, you realize that the tick boxes that you put on the type of connection that you want are ultimately like keeping you disconnected from true emotional intimacy. Every extra tick box that you add takes you one step away from a real connection. And I think that the same thing, like I met my boyfriend on a beach in Mexico and he has an amazing job and an amazing hotel, Mr. and Mrs. Smith Hotel, like great job, but not the business owner that I thought I was going to marry or that I was going to date. And actually, I don't need to marry the business owner anymore because... I'm the business owner. And I'm like, actually, if I was to marry the business owner, like, I don't know how much time we would be able to spend together. And like, I see Hannah here today supporting you. Yeah. And I'm like, that is a true partnership that she's here with you. And like that girl that wanted to be with the billionaire, he wouldn't fucking come to her Spotify recording, would he? And so I really just, yeah, I want people to understand that to assess those tick boxes that you have in your head before you pick up the app, those are probably what are prohibiting you in some ways from finding a real connection. Yeah. And you said intimate connection, which I think is so important because again, we're in a superficial world. So especially men, men think like, okay, I want to be with this woman who's got like fake breasts and like works out every day. And like, that's the best sex ever. And from my experience, it was actually the worst for me. And when I met somebody who I had a deep connection with, that was the best sex. There's nothing to do with like their actual body. It has to do with the connection. Totally. And the fact that we're so aligned and so in love, whenever we uh, TMI make, make love, love. Um, it's just so amazing because like we're so into it. And, like we just want to be present with each other. And when you are just looking for an actual physical attribute, the odds are there's going to be no connection there. I could not agree more with you. And I think part of the journey is like, really acknowledging that you can have this like deep emotional connection with someone that leads to an even better, deeper sexual connection. Like I could not agree more. And I think for people listening, when you emotionally open up to someone, the pleasure and the connection that you can find on the other side of that is unparalleled. But until you step into that space of emotionally connecting with someone, you guys stay surface level. Yeah. It's like communication and emotional intelligence are like where... I'm sure she could vouch for this, have like skyrocketed. And I think the communication is everything, sexual, emotional, physical. And I remember before I met her, I lived in New York City and I wasn't looking for anything. So a lot of one night stands, or if I was talking to somebody, it was very casual. If I wanted something sexually or someone wanted something sexual from me, that communication was very disconnected. And I remember one instance, a woman was like, hey, why don't you try and do this? And I got so offended. Whereas now it's like, oh no, our communication is so open where it's like, hey, babe, do this or don't do that. Or I like this. And it just opens up beautiful, a beautiful experience. Yeah, it just elevates everything. Yeah, and then the emotional intelligence as well. I feel like as a guy, you want to be a physical protection and show a physical presence of support for your woman. And like, that's how I am and that's how we are. But that doesn't mean that it takes away from the emotional strength. And I feel like a lot of men today don't have the emotional strength and emotional support that is, 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 goes hand in hand with the physical, like giving your woman freedom to express her mind, freedom to say how she really feels without judging her. Even if like, you don't agree, just being like, okay, for the next 10 minutes, I'm going to let her talk, let Mm -hmm. her vent and just support her in that. Even if I don't agree, or even if I think I'm right, just a safe zone, creating that safe zone physically and mentally for the person you love. Oh, I love that. I think that 
what I'm hearing from you as well is like, the more that you are open to the feedback of the experience of the other without you taking it personally, set the foundations for a very powerful relationship where you're able to share. And I think the best relationships are the ones where you feel safe. Like you said before, maybe someone gave you feedback and it didn't feel good for you. But now you know that whatever you want to share with Hannah and whatever Hannah wants to share with you, it's how I feel in my relationship as well. It's like there is not one thing that I could say to my boyfriend that would not be met with open, receptive, supportive love. And for me, that's what love is, is that we can all just be ourselves and be loved for it. Whereas maybe when we're younger and we're on the dating apps, we're trying to be someone that we're not. Yeah, I feel like everybody's not being themselves. And the more you compete with somebody who you don't know or whose life is curated and you're curating your life to meet their curated life, you're not present in your own life. You're not just being happy with what you have. You're just always comparing yourself. And I I read something the other day like, the most successful people are at the top collaborating and the least successful people are at the, at the bottom in competition. And that resonated with me because I'm like, I don't compare myself to anybody. I'm happy, but I have goals and I'm going to work at the top, figuring out my goals and collaborating with other like-minded people. I don't have time to be at the bottom being like, I'm going to be this fake version of myself. So everybody thinks I'm cool. I'm not going to say, oh, I'm better than Whitney Wolf because she started Bumble, but I started Fresh Rounds of Me. Like, A, I'm not. B, I would lose that battle in a second. <laughs> and C, I don't really care. Like, yeah. I just want to be me. Yeah. I think it's exactly the same. I always say to people that if people are out there like talking about other people, they're not focused on the bigger picture of life, which is like, what am I passionate about? What am I building? What am I doing with my life? I genuinely can't remember the last time that I sat down and like bitched about someone. Because when you're building a business, you just don't really have time to bitch about other people. So I think it's, yeah, I think being really passionate about something and you're really passionate about building your business. And I'm so excited to see where it goes. And that probably just keeps you elevated and focused on yourself, much like building open house does for me. Like I don't have time down here to bitch about people and shit on people on dating apps. I just think it's, it's a great sort of journey to be on when you really get to know yourself and you get to be like, hey, I'm okay with myself. And I might not be Whitney Wolf and I might not be Alexandra Cooper in my <laughs> world, but like we're all doing our own things and that's all really powerful like in itself. And it's more attractive as a human being. Even if you're in a relationship, you're, you want to be an attractive human being. Even if you're not looking for another partner, if you have one, you just want people to be attracted to what you're doing. So if you have that confidence and that, hey, I'm doing my thing and I'm not going to shun other people. You just become more attractive. You're going to get more business and more business. And going back to your point about like being yourself on a first date, that's the problem is like everybody tries to be this curated version of what the other person wants them to be. When you go on that first date, you're going to be the best you could be like, like you're on a job interview. Mm. And then slowly over time, as you keep dating that person, the real you comes out. And to no fault of that other person who says, hey, I actually don't want to be with you because on our first date, you were this person. And on our fifth date, you're not. You're going to take that so personal, but it's your fault because you aren't your true self on that first date. If you are your true self on a first date, you could only go up. If it does work out, that means they actually like you for who you really are. I think that's the perfect place to end. (laughs) That was like a real mic drop moment there. You're so right. I think that we talk about this all the time on the podcast that we, when we're not sure of ourselves, we feel like we have to be a different version of ourselves. And when we're younger, we feel like if we're just skinnier or prettier or have bigger boobs or have a better body, if you're a guy, that the other person will be more likely to choose us. But ultimately, 
what we've spoken about today is like you're choosing someone for their essence, mm -hmm. their core, their soul. And it's that that builds the attraction and that builds the friendship and builds being with someone that you like, which turns into being with someone that you love, which turns into being with your team member. So I think that is just the perfect place to end. Like be yourself. And if you're yourself, you're only going to attract the things that are meant for you rather than like breaking your own heart by pretending to be someone you're not. I love that. This was amazing. Oh, I'm so Such happy. a pleasure. I love this. Is there anything else that you feel like you have seen through building a dating app that you feel is blocking people from finding their person on the apps? Or do you think we've covered everything? No, I just think the reason we made this was to be intentional, communicate as much as you can. But at the end of the day, like just be who you are. And I think the more you do that in life, the more you do that in dating, the happier you're going to be and the more you're going to attract the right person. So my advice is just be like intentional of what you want and just be your true self and, but be conviction behind what you're doing. And I think that it'll just be a way quicker path to finding whatever you're looking for. I yes. love that. I think it's the intention, it's the clarity, it's going for what you want, it's communicating what you want. And I think then you have your app there to help people actually meet in person. You know, yeah. the whole premise of the app is, like you said, it's to send a date request. Let's meet, let's check the vibe, let's check how we feel in person and go from there. So I love that. If you want to try out First Rounds on me, you can do that by heading to the show notes. You get a free week's trial. So you can just test it out and start to shift into this space of being like, this is what I want and I'm going to own it. I'm going to embody it and I'm going to just get these dates on the cards. So head to the show notes, come and join us, give it a try, let us know how you get on. But most of all, Joe, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. And I'm so excited. We'll have to do this again soon. Yeah. And I'm excited to see where you go. You will be the next Alex Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> I need to embody that and say thank you because partially I believe it, but my imposter in me is like, no, 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 no. manifest it. Yeah. Believe me, it will happen if you believe it. Yeah. And I guess like, that's probably the final point is that you maybe never thought you were going to have a dating app with so many people that have already subscribed to it. And I probably never thought that this podcast that I started in my bedroom, I'd be sat in Spotify LA with you and your wife and in this amazing studio. So to everyone listening, whatever it is, whether it's a husband, a wife, whatever it is that you a want, business. a business, just go and fucking get it. Like it is out there waiting for you. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs>